Welcome to the How to Raise Money podcast for anyone who wants to raise other people's money for a business or property venture. Right now, there has never been more money on the planet and there has never been more opportunity. This podcast will help you put the two together. So, if you need money for your business or property proposals from banks, lenders, angels, whales or dragons, this is the podcast for you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the How to Raise Money podcast with me, Ray McLennan. And it's with me, Nigel T. Best. Raymondo, good to see you, my friend. How the devil are you? Uh, yes, uh, yes. Good, yes. good, interesting, interesting. Every day's interesting. <laughs> Every day's interesting. Are you Every still doing something new? Yeah, are you still watching the news 24 hours a day? <laughs> you know, get, getting that spiritual uplift, that uh, <laughs> feeling of joie de vivre and, uh, you know, optimism and hope and all the rest of it. Uh, well, I like to get my news from a variety of different sources. And, uh, you know, having done law and uh, I like corroboration, you know, when somebody says something, it's like, well, where did that come from? Let me look at the link. Let me just check that through. So uh, I tend not to abide by too much of what you know is on the the nine o'clock news the ten o'clock news the five o'clock six o'clock news or whatever it is because it all just seems to be you know if it bleeds it leads you know that kind of way um they're not really telling the true story of what's going on right uh, i'm always i'm always reminded of, of a chap who said he was he was laid up in bed i can't remember he'd done something and he, he basically couldn't move from bed and they left the TV on and he couldn't change the channel. And he said it started off in the morning and he was watching the news and he said it was some terrible, tragic tale of, of woe that led to, you know, heart rending uh, death. And it was, it was very traumatic. He said uh, later in the morning, you know, and they kept going through this story. He said by lunchtime, he was kind of half listening to it. And he said, and the story kept being repeated and repeated. He said by the evening, he said, the person deserved to die. <laughs> and it was, it was that constant thing. I don't know. Does it, it it's weird. It almost brainwashes it into a, a certain behavior or a certain pattern. And that if you, if you say it enough times, then you you definitely you know you go with it or you you definitely disagree with it or whatever it might be yeah. i don't know is there too much news who knows well uh the one thing that is in the news and we're going to talk about now is inflation uh and the inflation rate because you know it is a thing people are going to the shops prices are going up um you know my wife came back and to tell me about the price of butter and and all sorts of things and, and various other things that she regularly buys, how they've gone up. Um, our children are particularly fond of uh, Campbell's soups, uh, sorry, not Campbell's soups, Baxter's soups, you know, from Scotland. And they had gone up from 80p to 125. Just buy the other stuff. Well, just like that. Buy the so, other stuff at 60p. Yeah, well, I know. This I know. is when you switch out. This is, hey, folks, <laughs> folks, if you look, if you go to a supermarket, you will find that there's more than one of each thing, folks. Yeah. And somebody, yep. somebody will be taking the, the chance to grab some market share and they will be offering their comparable product for a much lower price. Indeed. Hello, people. Hello. You know, open your eyes, compare the prices. You well, can shop around. And your tin of soup is not 90% of your disposable income. <laughs> you know, let's have a weighted average. Let's... Uh, Oh, don't get me going. Right. Um, 
We want to get you going. Pass me the ladder. I need to get off this soapbox. Right. Okay. So, uh, yeah, inflation. Anyway, prices are going up. And why do prices go up? Well, they go up because of increase in production, raw materials, you know, um, and wages and and cost of fuel. All these things have to filter through and have to be passed on. Um, And there are different types of inflation. So we've got, I mean, what we are seeing is um, creeping inflation. Yeah, we're heading rap. We're heading rapidly for wage push inflation. Yeah, yeah. It's creeping inflation. And then you've got galloping, then hyper, uh, then stagflation, and then deflation. Um, And hyperinflation, obviously, everyone will know uh, who's done history, uh, happened during, you know, in between the wars in Germany when uh, hyperinflation, there was people were wheeling barrows of cash to go and buy bread. And by the time they got there, the bread had gone up and all this kind of kind of. Yeah, and then in Zimbabwe, it Zimbabwe went mad. And, yeah, Zimbabwe and dollar when he when he held up the note, it was a one, and then the notes went all the way across in very small <laughs> font, yeah. all the way across the note, and it still wasn't enough to buy some bread. <laughs> it was it was just insane, isn't it? That is insanity. That that's everything out of control there. It is. It is absolutely. Um, and inflation, I mean, we're in the UK right now where inflation is, I think it's 5.1 was November's one. Uh, in, in America, it's 7%. Interestingly, in China, it's 2.4. So uh, inflation differs, you know, across because it's due to the money supply. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and I suppose, uh, is it good or is it bad? Is it good or is it bad? Well, some people think it's good and some people think it's a drag on the economy. Some people think it helps boost consumer demand and consumption drives economic growth and that sort of thing. Um, But some believe uh, that it needs to be kept in check. And the interesting thing I always think is how, uh, you know, historically governments used to think, right, okay, uh, inflation, we need to raise interest rates. That was the the, the knee-jerk reaction. And now it's the Bank of England's monetary policy that decides. And there are, I think it's 10 or 11 people that that make that decision. And they decided to, you know, put interest rates up. We spoke in an earlier podcast about economic clock and how one thing leads to another. So it's inevitable. Inflation is inevitable because uh, inflation is, sorry, something tried to come in on my computer there. Inflation is inevitable because there's too much money in the money supply and therefore prices will go up. It's inevitable. And and we've had now huge increases in the cost of wholesale gas. Uh, I think it's talking about something 54% increase, something like that. Crazy amounts. Now, why? Uh, let's have a think. Why do we think that might be? Was it anything to do with during the pandemic, there was a collapse where actually if you had contracts for barrels of Brent crude, you would actually get paid to take those barrels. Do you remember that when they actually were negative prices for a barrel of Brent crude? And what happens now? Demand is picked up again. And what could you say? Maybe it's the nations who produce this, who are maybe just thinking, well, I think it's about time we swelled the coffers of our nation, especially if we're going to get economic sanctions against us for other (laughs) things. So, you know, is it, is it, true or is it market manipulation and i i think this to me this is a a spur for kind of changes in in actual behavior of people so you've got an enormous supply of money then you've got a an increased demand for a limited supply of of products or services yeah um 
are they being artificially you know strangled well opec traditionally has always restricted the amount of oil being pumped you know whenever the prices went down they all agreed to uh, to restrict the amount of output so the prices went back up so it's always been manipulated as that and this one here is a classic case of we are not in control of our energy supply mm. and this should be the biggest wake-up call to everyone in this country to get outside and do something about it which is you know go build a, a wind turbine go get solar panels go get air source pumps do all these things because if you are in control of the supply of your energy you are in control of a huge chunk of people's disposable income it yep. is incredible and i just cannot see why we are missing this opportunity why we are not going alpha leather hs2 never mind hs2 we should be you know building windmills all over the place we should be putting solar panels up all over the place scotland Scotland, well, close, yeah, I'm going to close to your heart, Ray. I'm going to disagree with you here about windmills everywhere because we've got gas reserves, we've got coal reserves, we've got oil reserves. That's what we should be tapping into. No. If we want to be self-sufficient. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. Yes, because, yes. Because you can, you can slap up um, windmills um, a darn sight easier than you can do uh, gas storage or, um, you know, industrial uh, energy plants and power stations and all you're the talking about the individual thing. windmills is that it on the top of your house that sort of thing or in your no, garden no 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 i'm talking about the biggies the biggies where one turn will power a house for a day mm. one well, turn of one windmill will power a house a different, for a, day. Pod, a different podcast episode on that because all right the, hang on here's here's the thing ray here's the thing what is going to be banned soon from being uh sold as new uh and it's cars, petrol cars, diesel mm. cars. So you're going mm. to have electric vehicles. What do electric vehicles do at night, typically? Sit outside someone's house. Mm. What are they full of? Batteries. How does this, how do they do it? They connect. So if you've got wind turbines generating stuff and you're putting energy into cars, if that car doesn't move in the day, you know, the energy companies could be able to draw the energy from the battery and do it so they're talking about battery how do you do battery storage how do you do battery storage you know we need to do this and and you say well you're going to have soon a million cars sat there with massive batteries and those batteries are you see the 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 well-known tesla wall batteries mm -hmm. they are comparatively probably a fifth a sixth the size of the batteries in a car so if you stuck the car and connected it up you've got you know worth far more than the actual value of the car is the batteries when you compare it to a tesla wall so yeah. connect it we've got it we've got it we could produce it but this is ray this is where it comes back to um what i think is one of the causes of inflation is the in in, in the imbalance between demand and supply so you know, if, if the supply is restricted and the demand's going up, people with the money will start paying more and then everyone will start doing it. You get people profiteering, saying this is great, we can charge more. Then people say we need to earn more to pay these higher prices and the demand doesn't get quelled and the demand doesn't drop back. Because if demand for energy collapsed overnight, do you really think the wholesale gas price would be that price, you know, mm. next week? The answer mm. is no, it would, it would react to the demand and it would drop right back down again. Now, we can't do that at the moment, and this is the problem. We've got to build in their resilience. We've got to build reserves. 
we've got to build our own ability to cope with these things so that we don't fall for these um, enormous inflationary shocks to the yeah. system. But, you know, I've, I'm quite happy to be a benevolent dictator. I've said it before, quite happy to do it. <laughs> All right, back to inflation then. Um, and uh, one of the questions is, well, who benefits from inflation? Well, uh, it allows borrowers to pay lenders back with money that was worth less when it was originally borrowed. So when you look at, so governments love inflation, really, you know, when all that money they borrowed, who did they borrow it from? Well, the bonds that they sell, you know, they sell these bonds at interest rates to whoever wants to buy them, usually in, institutional investors who will buy government bonds that will pay a rate of two, three, four or 5% in five years time, 10 years time or 20 years time. If they put the price interest rate of, of bonds up, then they'll get a lot more private investors buying, which will be and usually that's money that's already in circulation rather than new money that's created so putting interest rates up and then attracting private investors should stabilize inflation it should stop it from from going up so i think that's probably you know you asked the question of when does it end and, that, and that's that will be when it ends when when interest rates go up that encourage some of the money that's already there rather than printing new money yeah and interestingly uh chairman of the bank of england he was saying you know you shouldn't put in massive wage requests so have pay restraint yeah. is, is what they call for and it's like anything you need somebody to stand up and take the hit in order to halt the tide of uh, all these claims sort of thing so if you and this is typically because in the uk we have such a large public sector the government steps up and and says right okay we're going to limit it to one and a half percent two percent pay rise there is a national outcry. There is, you know, people falling on their swords. There's the unions up in arms and all the rest of it. But there comes a point where you've got to say, look, if, if we put it up at 5%, we're back to the 70s and, and early 80s when, you know, even I as a kid, I remember them being given a 15% pay rise on the Monday. And by Friday, they were going on strike saying it's not enough. You know, it, it felt like that. That was kind of my record. I know it wasn't quite as abrupt as that, but there were pay rises on a weekly, monthly, several yeah. times a year basis. And all that happened is people got this extra money. They went out to the shops. The prices had gone up and they said, hang on, hang on. I'm actually no better off. Just mm. everything costs more. I'm earning more and it's costing more. What the hell goes on? And it, this is where... It, it takes someone to stand up and say, right, actually, we're going to put a break on this because if we put a break on this, we're not fueling that extra money in there to chase the scarce resources, the scarce supply, and the demand because you've got extra money just pushes uh, the prices up. We need to hold this back. But it is a very tough one to do. And when you get the chairman of the Bank of England saying, please, people, you need to do it, we're not going to be able to tolerate these excessive demands. You know, if, if you pick, like you say, your Baxter soup having gone up 53.5% or whatever, and you say, right, I'm going to base my, my wage demands yeah. on Baxter soup, the index of the Baxter soup. We should get sponsored for that from Baxter, shouldn't we? Um, we're going to base it on that. <coughs> my pay rise, I demand, is 53.5%. You know, we're, we're going... Well, we're going downhill fast, aren't we, on that one? But well, first of tricky. all, I'm not I'm not an employee, so I haven't got anyone to ask for a pay rise from. 
and I certainly wouldn't be asked to basing it on a tin of Campbell's soup or, or Baxter soup even <laughs> whoever sponsors yeah Andrew Bailey is the guy that talked about the uh, don't ask for a big pay rise the, the squeeze um, and about interest rates rising and the eurozone inflation rate and all that kind of thing. so it's all in the press it's all there so inflation is a big deal it is happening it is something that is well it's out uh, out of our control it's beyond our pay grade but i suppose the question is uh, nigel how do we benefit from it how can people benefit from inflation yeah most things there's always winners and losers yep and it just depends what side of the equation you're on um you yeah know, well if, if you think if you think about it if, if you've locked in a mortgage and let's say your mortgage repayments for, for ease are a thousand pounds a month. Um, but all of a sudden inflation comes in and that's locked at a thousand pounds and you're purchasing this house, but inflation is, has come in and, and you're as a, as a proportion of your wage, that was 50%. As your wages start going up and up and up and that thousand pounds stays the same as a proportion of your wages, the mortgage is, is dropping. Mm. And, and you look at it and you go, well, actually that, you know, it makes me feel relatively speaking wealthier because I, I don't see as much money going out on that if you can be canny and not you know go into all the other elements where your your monthly outgoings are, are being hit by the inflation um you you could be slightly better off but it's it's a it's a strange one and i th i think a lot of it ray is um is the panic reaction to it. People look at inflation and they panic um, and they and they see it. And when you get something and, and you get panic in a system, it tends to spiral out of control. And, and really what you're wanting is an economy that where most of the, the key elements are relatively speaking under control. And you've got to sort of tinker with things to try and dampen that demand or boost that supply and uh you know encourage people to save encourage people to spend and it's a constant balancing act and when inflation comes in it can be a big issue and you can get into as we mentioned the hyperinflation but the stagflation and the deflation mm. um can be you know is equally damaging and you only need to look at uh, japan mm. japan has had a a bizarre situation for for decades now where, yep. where they're in a very strange situation and you kind of look at it and think isn't it weird how they can't break out of that so it's well, uh, yeah, yeah, interesting right. um it was it, it, it's been struggling for for with deflation for more than two decades um and uh, i'm just seeing here the japanese lesson uh, has sunk in with central bankers around the world because it leads to a negative cycle of low corporate investment and sluggish wages so um i think yeah, you get penalized are they still penalizing you if you put money in banks over there yeah yeah you have to pay for it <laughs> yeah you have to pay to put your money in a bank yeah <laughs> you know, this is weird folks this is weird so whatever you're looking at you, you gotta i don't know um what what is it when uh warren buffett used to say when everyone is um is fearful you should step in mm -hmm. um and when uh you know they're not when they're really positive you should be fearful sort of yep. thing yep. and i think sometimes you need to have that approach looking at things saying mm, okay so ray what would you do with uh, with inflation for the next foreseeable time period you know increasing 
what would what would you be thinking of doing in terms well, of uh, raising yeah. money and allocating you want to lock money? in you want to lock in fixed some fixed rates um for mortgages that sort of thing you want to be looking at uh, if, if and and there are some good deals still out there so they can be they can be switched so i would be encouraging people to do that absolutely um and i would encourage people to uh, purchase assets and you know ideally income producing assets like property but uh, there are other assets that can be purchased um i understand that the uk uk stocks are quite quite low at the moment and uh, american stocks seem to be a bit high but uk stocks seem to be quite low at the moment so there's some uh, some opportunity there that's what i would be looking at yeah interesting uh, i mean one of the the strangest things was um during the lockdown, I, I don't know about you, Ray, but I lease a vehicle. Um, and when the first lockdown happened, I was looking to get, you know, roll it onto the next leasing and uh, couldn't get a, a vehicle arranged. You know, everyone was working from home. Uh, we didn't know what was happening with vehicles and, and we had one and we, and we purchased it because that was kind of the only option. So we had a right to buy. We purchased it. I drove it for a year and a year later, it was worth about a thousand pounds more than it was a year before and 10,000 miles fewer on the clock. Mm. And I've never known, I've never known uh, secondhand cars inflate, you know, in, yeah, in price. Yeah. You know, what a strange sort of, set of especially circuits. Especially sort of ordinary cars. You know, we're not talking about uh, high-end no, cars. No, no. Ordinary Bog, run-of-the-mill stuff. Yeah. yeah, bog standard estate car, nothing, nothing flash. Um anything like that it was uh, yeah interesting really interesting. all right well on that um on that bombshell there you go any any questions anyone been asking any questions yeah we, we've had a few we'll do some ray we'll do some episodes coming up where we're, we're going to be answering a few questions okay. uh, i know in front of me i've got one from someone called jamie so jamie we're going to be coming to you with uh, some answers to that in a upcoming podcast um but if if you're enjoying this, even if you're not listening to it on Apple, Apple seems to be the podcast one where you can do the reviews that has the best effect in terms of being able to share it and uh, help us help other people with our How to Raise Money podcast. So if you wouldn't mind going over to the Apple podcast player, um, I think you can do it on any device and just popping in a review would be very grateful for that. Um, it really does help. Um, so thank you very much for that. And Ray, as you say, if anyone's got a question, just email us hello at htrmoney.co.uk. And there'll be links in the show notes to all sorts of things. Get yourself in there, get some of the freebies that we've got there. And uh, we will see you on another episode, won't we, Ray? We certainly will. I've been Ray McLennan. I'm still Nigel T. Best. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening to the How to Raise Money podcast. It's made for people who want to raise money as debt or investment equity for their business or property proposal or empire. See you next time, where we can show you how to raise money. There is abundance. There is money enough for everyone on the planet. The question is, who has yours? <laughs>